Welcome to the New Hope 365 podcast. Beginning September 13th, we will once again be offering in-person gatherings as well as online services. We will have an in-person service at 9 a.m. that will be streamed live. We will also offer a family service at 10.30 a.m. You can find all the information and details about each service by visiting our website, newhope365.church. And now, here is today's message. Today, we are continuing on, and I've been, you're probably going, when are we going to ever get over the topic of good and evil? Well, when evil goes away, and good is the primary focus of the day. No, I'm just going So, but we're going to continue on it because there's a lot that needs to be addressed in this, in this battle between good and evil. And you don't have to look very far, any of us, to, to see what's taking place around us arson stuff that's going on in the, in, the, in the West, things that are taking place in our cities in North America and the riots and the, the planned protests that are, that are absolutely decimating some of our cities, the, the toxicity of uh, our politicians and all of that that's, that's out there and spinning. And there's so much, the pandemic, this stuff that is in our culture and, and, and we're facing it and now people's stuff is getting escalated. I was just driving down the, the highway the other day and there's somebody um, getting ready to jump, was it off a bridge wanting to kill themselves? And I'm going, why are these things getting escalated? And all that I keep hearing from God and what I keep praying and keep seeking is I keep hearing it going, it's the enemy behind all of these things that's fueling fires that is literally trying to get people to feel hopeless and helpless like there's no answers. And the reality is like there's no living organism like the local church, the people of God, the arms, the feet, all of that, to be hope and light in culture. And when people are, are sensing that or feeling that, it is literally the unseen realm, the spiritual darkness forces and all of that's going on. It's impacting the seen realm. It is. You look around. So when you read the news, you read all those things, understand that our battle is not what? Against flesh and blood. You've heard this from me before. You know this. But it's something that we, the church, cannot fall asleep on. We cannot fall asleep on. We have got to understand that the way, like sacred assemblies and Hope Prayer Center, the way that we combat, one of the ways we combat the unseen, the demonic, and all of that is through, God's, through God seeking Him in prayer and pushing in and pressing in. And so, church... I hope today, I hope, I hope, I hope that you will leave here and those tuning in online will, will leave this moment with hope and knowing that God's not done, he's not finished, he's still at work, and he's going to work through you if you will allow him. He's going to work through you. This is a good hour for the church. They, the world needs you because you have Christ in you. You have Christ, his spirit, in you. So here we look today at demonic sickness. If you go on to our um, YouVersion Live, uh, you can go and click on the events, and I have posted notes in there for you. Um, I could not change the time. Sorry, if you look and it says 10, um, it's actually 9. This next week I will change that. It, for some reason, locked me out, and I couldn't change it, but it is there. We're dealing with the topic of demonic sickness. Demonic sickness. So here we go. Um, when I was in elementary school, I don't know if, if you've ever had um, something like this, but I had spurs 
that had formed in my heels, in the heels of my, um, my feet, and I won't get into all the medical terminology as to why they formed. All that I know is that within months, it was debilitating. I would get up out of bed, and I would forget, as I get up out of bed, the pain that would I would feel on the bottom of my feet and I would collapse to the floor and literally I would crawl into the bathroom and it would take, I forget if it take five to ten minutes or whatever for my feet to feel normal so that I could actually stand up, brush my teeth and, and like go about my daily, my daily life. And literally that was going on probably for nine, ten, uh, twelve months and it was, it was awful. My mom comes to me one night and she goes, Jason, why don't we pray real focused prayer and believe that God is going to heal you. And she brought in, you know, to an elementary school kid, you know, you don't really fully get it, but she brings in oil representing the Holy Spirit and the faith prayer. And she takes and she anoints my head and she puts a little oil on my heels. And I'm like, okay, it's kind of weird, but I'm going to do it. And we prayed that night. And the next day, I remember getting and putting my feet onto the floor I remember, I remember this moment getting and walking into the bathroom and brushing my teeth. And when I did that, it wasn't until like I was like washing my face, I'm realizing, I'm going, there's no pain. There's, there's nothing. I, I literally walked into the bathroom, went to the bathroom, brushed my teeth, and there was no pain. Do you know what that does in the heart of an elementary school kid? And so... As I was preparing for that, in the faith, and in, in even going back and going, yeah, that stirred my faith. That, that did something in me that I've never forgotten. And, and I wanted to say this to all of you. If you have children or grandchildren, and you're wondering, should I pray? Should I in faith anoint? Should I do as a Christ follower? One of those, I'm going to tell you, it says something to the generations when the generations that are before them have faith to believe in God for the miraculous. That says something. Don't, don't hesitate to do that. Now, now, if you go, well, it didn't happen. Nothing happened. It, it, here's the thing. It still matters to a child. It still matters, matters to a grandchild. And so pray like that. It increases our faith. But think about sin and suffering to the body. Every one of us, what, is either battling sickness or knows somebody who's battling sickness. Correct. We all, know some, we all know somebody that's battling the injury or illness and, 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 or walking with somebody who is. And how much money do we spend in healthcare a year? Unbelievable amounts. We battle physical suffering, ambulances and hospitals and doctors and nurses and, and medical devices and medications and all of that. And, and so, and one day, none of that. Because we'll meet God face to face. And that will be gone. But until then, and this is encouraging, hopefully, for all of us, God made us, the God who made us, he sent his son to do what? To heal us. To heal us, whether it's in this life or the next life. He sent his son to heal us. And and that can be inner healing or physical outer healing. And we, the church, are recipients of that, and we can share that and even engage that week in and week out. Luke, and from, from the book of Luke, I'm going to read to you a prophetic word that was when Jesus sat down in the temple and the beginning of his ministry, he read these words out of Isaiah 53, and it says this, but he was pierced for our rebellion, he was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be what? Whole. 
He was whipped so we could be healed. Okay, quick, quick question. Why, why is there sickness and pain? Why do you think there's sickness and pain? I'm just going to ask you right now, anybody in the room. Why is there sickness and pain? Sin in the world. That's the very, so so that's, the very, that's the very first point I have is going, okay, we live in a what? A broken, fallen world. So, so the reality is, is if you are sick, is it a result that something has gone wrong in your life or whatever? No, you just were born into what? A broken, fallen world. Okay? What are other reasons that sin exists in pain? Why is there sickness and pain? Anybody else? Falling short, or, or the reality is, is that, and this is my second point, is going, there's sin. We were born with a sin nature, and therefore we have sin in our lives where, that, we, that we have to deal with. And so in some cases, when it comes to sickness and pain, when it comes to it, there's nothing that you've done wrong to have spurs in your heel or to have blurred vision, or to, to have you know, something that is life-threatening, and you go, what, what could it be? But in some cases, in some cases, this world is not only, this world is fallen, so each person on the planet has an issue, and sin affects the general problem. And sometimes, sinning affects us and causes our suffering. And in fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 30, it says, and this was the, the New Testament church, that was struggling to follow the love of God and to live it out in the New Testament church, and they were neglecting the poor, and they were neglecting to live out the calling of God, and they were living in all kinds of sin. And he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 30, that's why many of you are weak and sick, and some have even died. Why? You're actually disobeying God. Sometimes we forget about that. So that's something for us, in the case of Corinth, that's what was taking place. And so what did they need? They needed to repent, invite the Holy Spirit to empower their new lifestyle, and those were keys to their healing. So I wonder today if there's anybody in this room or online that you need to repent and seek God, and you need to ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill you because that is a key to you receiving healing. It's not the only key, but it is a key. Third, Okay, What's, what is another reason that we have suffering and sickness in the world? Anybody else? Demonic, demonic activity. This demonic sickness is behind, often behind suffering, is not, you know, just general sin from Adam or specific sin from the victim, but it's actually demonic sin where spirits who hate God attack the people of God. Now, if you want some biblical precedence for that, anybody ever read the book of Job? Okay? Just look at the book of Job. When all of a sudden you have this man who's a righteous man, upright, and Satan comes and engages God, and the story goes that God is saying Job is righteous, and Satan goes, oh, well, I can totally get him to curse you and abandon his faith in you, and God says, okay, go for it. Now, how would you like to be that person? And so God allows Satan to go and, and deal with Job, and Job gets, we know what, he gets sores, he gets sickness, he loses his children, he loses his, he loses his livestock, his livelihood is gone. All of his influence that he once had has been just demolished. 
And his wife goes, curse God and die. And his friends go, Job, there's got to be something going on inside. You have done something wrong to actually have all of these things happen. You've had to have done something wrong. And Job's like, but I haven't. I love God. I serve God. I am faithful to God. Every day I would get up and I would sacrifice to God. And they're calling him out, and little do they know, and sometimes we have to really grow to understand, and we have to grow to understand this, that it is not just a fallen world, and it is not anything that we've done internally. It is a direct assault of the enemy on your life. Quick question. Has anybody in this room ever had demonic sickness or illness come your way? Curious. Okay? So, so and, and, and let me ask you, how did you know? How did you know? What was it? Was there something there? I'm just curious. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, just, just say, yeah, 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 so, so for those online, um, Steve, and I apologize if you guys are going, I can't hear, I'll bring it out, I'll bring it forward, is, is that Steve is saying that there was a point, they did a frog in his throat, and literally um, was prayed over, and the, the, the frog went away, and there was like, it was like something that was around him, spiritually speaking, and I know this from personal experience. I've had moments when I've been laying in bed where spiritual warfare was so intense that I could not move. And it was like something was heavy on me. And what I love about the presence and spirit of God in the moment that there's a spiritual attack that you don't actually have to speak words. You know what? Satan cannot read your mind. The demons cannot read your mind. But the spirit of God hears your voice even in silence. And so literally I prayed and I remember it was like a lifting off of me. And so in the spiritual realm, there's stuff that's going that's unseen realm impacting the seen realm. And that literally the seen listened to, heard prayers of the people of God, actually can, rebuking the enemy, overcome the enemy. This is huge. And so there's this demonic sickness. But in order to understand, and for some of us this is new as we listen, in order to understand the whole person and understand why these things happen to a Steve, why these things happen to a Dan, why these things happen to us, is that to understand the whole person, we need to understand the entire Bible. We have to know Scripture. Otherwise, what I'm finding is people go, that's, that's really weird. I don't quite understand it. As you saturate your mind and grow to understand Scripture, what happens is that you begin to understand why certain things are occurring. But if we are living carnally and we aren't saturating and filling our minds with what is good and right, we're not able to discern those things. Scripture shows us what the whole person can look like as we grow to understand the entire and whole Bible. In Jesus' ministry, people were healed through what? Deliverance. The, the demon brought the sickness or the injury, and once the demon was gone, so was the sickness. So let's look at Matthew chapter 4, verses 23. I have a few portions here that I want to read to you. It says, Jesus, in Matthew 4, 23 through 25, Jesus traveled through the region of Galilee, and he was teaching in synagogues and announcing the good news of the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness, and news about him spread as far as Syria. And people soon began bringing to him all who were sick. And whatever their sickness or disease, or if they were demon-possessed or epileptic or paralyzed, he healed them all. Large crowds followed him wherever he went, people from Galilee and ten towns in Jerusalem and all over Judea and ultimately to the east of the Jordan River. These things Jesus was doing, and they were healed and delivered, set free. And then Matthew chapter 8, verse 16. That evening... 
Many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus, and he cast out the evil spirits with a simple command, and he healed all the sick. This is giving precedence for understanding that the unseen realm is bringing sickness to the seen realm, and that God, through Jesus Christ and by the power of the Spirit, has authority over it. Matthew chapter 9, verses 32 through 33. When they left, a demon-possessed man who couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. So Jesus cast out the demon, and then the man began to what? Speak. So this, this, demonic, this demonic unseen realm influences the seen realm, fills this man, this demon comes in this man, and, and what? Takes control and does not allow him to, to at all even speak. And now, all of a sudden, Jesus comes, and Jesus casts out the demon, and the man begins to speak. And the crowds were amazed, and they say, Nothing like this has ever happened in Israel. And I think that nothing like this has happened in greater Austin area is what can come through the church if you'll allow it. If you will pursue God, nothing like this is going on, but when there's sacred assemblies and when there's hope prayer centers and when the people of God get the fact that honestly, I don't think revival's knocking on our door. I think revival is present. I think when you shut down the strip, in Las Vegas? I think, I think when you see in, in, our, in our having conversations and people are going, I can't even go to the bar. Do you realize that these are things, that there are things that the church has prayed against and the breakthrough of people that are dealing with addictions and all that, and literally God goes, it, it, it's like this is whether he's actually physically done it or it, allowing it, either way. The church, the prayers that we've prayed for years, God is going, You've prayed, and breakthrough is here. But what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? And so, <laughs> revival. And church, I pray that we continue to wake up and engage that. Now, let me ask you, does healing replace traditional medicine? Does healing replace traditional medicine? No, no. So my, um, my mother, uh, was a couple years ago, she had bone on bone on her knee where for years of, whether it's exercise or just walking or whatever, is rubbing in. in, in. So literally, I watched as her, her limp, literally her, her uh, lifestyle and everything began to diminish because she was limping and limping and limping. And I said, Mom, why don't you actually go to the doctor because the doctor can actually take care of this. And she goes, I am in faith believing that this is God is going to heal this supernaturally. And I said, I think that's wonderful. Great. Now let me pray with you. And, she, and we prayed and we prayed and prayed, and it was probably, probably a year later. I watched mom getting out of the van, and she's hobbling and limping. And I'm like, do you think that maybe at some point you ought to go and engage the medical community? No, I'm believing God. And I said, mom, do you know it's actually not a sin for you to go and get the medical care? And it's not lack of faith on your part, but it is actually you going and in faith saying to the doctor, I know you could help me, please do that. That God doesn't say, well, just because you go and take some ibuprofen for your headache, that you're lacking faith. Do you know there are people that abuse that, though, and do a lot of damage? And honestly, you know what that is? I think that's nothing but the unseen realm impacting the seen realm. Because what I've come to understand through Scripture as I grow to understand the whole Bible is that literally 
our Heavenly Father is saying, is saying that, that you can come to me and use traditional medicine, and it's okay. But the enemy would go, no, no, pray, 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 and then and you don't get anything, and therefore, therefore, because you don't get anything, God doesn't exist, and he doesn't answer prayers. That's the unseen realm impacting the seen realm, and it's done incredible amounts of damage, damage to cults all over the United States and around the world because they don't know all of Scripture. Who was a doctor in the Bible? Luke. Who, who was one that documented chronologically was Luke, what we call Dr. Luke. Luke takes and writes this, this book with his name on it, and he lays out and he shows all of these healings, and then he writes the book of Acts. It says Luke in Colossians chapter 4, verse 14. He says, Luke, the beloved doctor, sends his greetings. That's Paul writing, and Luke actually traveled. Here's the thing. Luke actually traveled with Paul on his journeys. And Luke is documenting all of this type of stuff. And can you imagine Paul, this man that's written most of the New Testament, and all of a sudden Luke's going, I'm believing for God to do the miraculous. I'm believing for God. And Luke goes, hey, I've got a bandage for you. I've got something for you that you can actually use. And Paul, we don't, we don't, often Christians don't talk about the fact that this Dr. Luke is there and present. And so Luke didn't say, hey, okay, I'm going to totally remove all my medical expertise and all that I've studied and all that I know and just go in faith. No, because it wasn't either or, it was both and. So God can and does heal, but sometimes he uses naturally things through a physician and sometimes through the great physician. So it's medical science, it's both and. So, this is probably just a given, but I'm going to ask because it's, in, it's does God still heal today? Yeah, he does. He sure does. In fact, before we're done today, um, I wanted to make sure that we do this. And is we have a couple that is in our church body, the New Hope 365 family. Debbie Gomez needs a miracle, miracle touch from God. And we're going to pray for her in faith, believing that God will heal her. And she's getting care, and we're, 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 in fact, we're doing, and Doug will probably share a little bit more as, towards the end of the service, but we're believing, just like God healed then, he can heal today. That he can heal, and she'll, she's wrestling with cancer right now, and I love how the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed, this is our, our Jesus speaking, he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim to the captives that the captives will be released, and that the blind will see that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. We're believing for God's favor over the family of the Gomez. And if that was you, we would pray the same favor and blessing over your life. And so Jesus' entire ministry was done by the power of God, the Holy Spirit, and he could have healed people. This is, this is a huge concept. Do you know that Jesus could have healed people out of his divinity? I am God. Here you go. But, but what does he do? He goes into the waters of the Jordan River. The Spirit descends like a dove on him. He goes into, and, and, he, says, and he hears from his heavenly Father, this is my beloved Son whom I love, whom I, in, in, whom I'm well pleased with. The Spirit descends on him, and he goes, and we know, we know what happens. He goes on the desert, ministry begins to take place, and he begins to do many miracles. And he does the miracles through what? His divinity? He does, no. He does the power, and, and this could be debated, the power that was brought forth was because of the power of the Spirit of God in and through his life. 
And that, to me, is an illustration of what the church needs in order for the stuff that we're talking about to take place. Without the Spirit of God, there is, without the Holy Spirit's presence in the church today, um, literally, no miracles will occur. It is the power of God through the Holy Spirit that, that He does those things, and that's why we're, we're calling upon you, Holy Spirit, to do what we cannot do. I cannot point to you. I mean, I would love to have Marvel-type, you know, like, be able to like, just point, you know, Jedi skills. I'd love to raise you up and show you all the mysterious things that I could do. But our Heavenly Father does it a little bit differently, doesn't he? And that's, that's why it's important for us to know Scripture so we don't manipulate things that are natural and make them unnatural, that we engage the power of the Spirit and watch just like the great physician did. And then let me read this to you. Luke chapter 4, verses 31 through 37. Then Jesus went to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and he taught in their synagogue every Sabbath. And there too were people, and there too, the people were amazed at his teaching. And he spoke with authority. And once they were, once when he was in the synagogue, a man possessed by a demon, an evil spirit, cried out, shouting, Go away! Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus, and this is, this is amazing, this is Jesus going, I'm not wanting my divinity exposed right now. I'm not wanting anybody to come and just go, you're God. And, I, he, he's, and he goes to the demon in the demonic realm. He goes, be quiet. And I believe he's, he did that intentionally as if to say the demonic realm knows something that the, what the seen realm does not know, but in time, I'm going to expose the demonic and I'm also going to show you who I am but it's not yet. So therefore, unseen realm, you loudmouth, good for nothing, whatever, you demons of darkness, shut up. You have no power here. And so he says to them, be quiet. Come out of the man, he ordered. And what did the demon do? Threw the man to the floor. And it came out of him without hurting him further. And people were exclaimed and said, what a, were, were, uh, exclaimed and were amazed. What authority and power this man's words possess. Even evil spirits obey him, and they flee at his command. It's powerful. And then the news spreads. And here's the thing. I'm praying for New Hope 365 and the church body around the world that news will spread of the power of God at work in and through you. And through those that follow God and the loving light of hope and, and all that God has good in, by his spirit in our life, that literally people, the news will spread at places where you work family members that you engage, people that you're praying for, and they'll go, you know what? I was in the store, and so-and-so came and prayed for me, and I felt the peace of God. So-and-so came and prayed for me, and I, and, I got, and I received a miracle of healing, and the word will what? Spread. The, one of the greatest tools of evangelism is the church and faith stepping out and doing things that aren't natural, impacting the unseen realm and watching God do the miraculous. So, some think, this is the way I was raised. Some think that when Jesus was gone and the apostles were gone, that the miracles are gone. I was raised that way. In fact, we didn't lay hands on people. We didn't pray for people in that way because at the end of the apostolic era, I was taught there was nothing more. And here's the problem. There was something more. 
And, and, and here's the problem. When you know, when you've prayed for people or you've had encounters, you've, that, that literally the, the enemy, so in our ministry in church, we had the unseen realm impacting the seen realm by the fact that we said, no, 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 it's done, it's over with, you can't do this anymore. And until Jesus comes back and all of that, those things have ended and ceased. What a trick and a lie of the enemy for people to embrace. It's, it's, it's literally demonic in its thinking, and the Bible refutes that teaching. When Jesus rose from the dead, some people, I don't, we don't study this that much, but I love this. Do you know that when Jesus rose from the dead, there were tombs that were open and dead people came alive? We don't teach much about that, do we? You know, Jesus rose, Jesus rides from the dead out and come, comes out of the tomb, and literally, all of a sudden, it's like, there's Bob on your doorstep. We don't think about how that, you know what I'm saying? Your mom, who was in a, who were the ones that came out of the tomb and showed up and said, hey, I'm back. That's the miraculous power of God. That's the stuff that the, this, this, this is the thing. If, if, if the enemy in the unseen realm can keep us so distracted to forget about the glory of God in the seen realm that he wants to bring from the unseen realm in the good way, if he can keep us all distracted, we can forget that what he did then, he can do now. And greater things will you do. Why? Because what? I go to the Father, Jesus said. Greater things. But the church cannot get so distracted that we forget the purpose that we are what? We are residents here, but citizens of heaven. That this is earth is not our home. This is not where we're just to go park it and go, hope I can just make it through the pandemic. We were called not just to, just to exist, but to thrive and to, to see God glorified through our lives, period, in culture. You are hope. You are life because of Christ in you. Don't forget that. And so Jesus heals and then comes, from the, comes up from the tomb and there's people that rise in from the dead and the healing power of God's kingdom is put out there. And you know that 27 times in the Gospels we see Jesus, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, 27 times Jesus healed an individual. 10 times we see Jesus heal entire groups of people. Jesus performed so many miracles that books could not contain in, in, in what took place through him because of the power of the Spirit. Jesus, in fact, it says in John 20, verse 30, therefore many other signs Jesus performed in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book. And so Jesus, there's specific deliverance, miracles, people that were, were bleeding internally, epilepsy, deafness, muteness, blindness, and then Dr. Luke writes in Acts. Once Jesus returned to heaven, he reports these supernatural acts of the Holy Spirit through Christians, and records roughly 14 healings, the book of Acts, 14 healing miracles, 12 of the 28 chapters of the book of Acts, after Jesus left, recorded a miracle, a miraculous healing reported by who? Dr. Luke. So, I love then this, these verses. Listen to these. Acts chapter 8, verses 4 through 8. Therefore, those who had been scattered went about preaching the word. And Philip went down to the city of Samaria and began proclaiming Christ to them. And the crowds, with one accord, were giving attention to what was said by Philip. And they heard and saw the signs which he was performing. For in the case of many who had, found, or who had unclean spirits, they were coming out of them, shouting with a loud voice, and many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed. So there was much rejoicing 
in that city. I'm going to stop there. That's the miraculous part of ministry. I'm going to come back. I'll do part two. And I have so much that I want to share on, on the, the, the healing power of God and what can take place and what is taking place today. But miraculous, I want you to understand that miraculous is part of serving God. Miraculous is part of serving God. It's not the only thing, but it is the, one of the things that is to increase and strengthen our faith. Bow your heads and close your eyes today. We're going to look next week at why does God heal and ways to minister to the sick and all of that. We're going to look at is all healing from God, but today we'll stop. And I pray that you, are, that you will be, um, even through some of the scriptures, with all heads bowed, 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 eyes closed, that you literally today will engage some of these scriptures and ask God to minister through you. And you go, well, that's not me. Nope, it's not. It's the Spirit of God through you. It's His Spirit. And with all heads bowed and eyes closed and those online, I wonder today who, who here might need a, just a supernatural jolt, jolt from God to say, I'm willing to step out, God, if you will by your Spirit empower me. I'm willing to step out. I'm willing to engage. I'm willing to do these whatever it is you ask me to do. So, Lord, today, would you strengthen your church? Would you fill your church fresh today? Lord God, would you, if any of us are going, oh, I'm so worried and stressed, and Lord Jesus, that, that Lord, would you take away anything that the enemy has come in and brought counterfeit-wise, taken our minds off of you, God, in any way um, blinded us or blinded others? God, would you just clear the board? Would you clear the mechanism, so to speak, on our minds and refresh and renew us? Would you do that, God? We ask for that. Nothing is impossible with you. Nothing. With all heads bowed and eyes closed, I always want to offer the opportunity that if anybody's here or if there's anybody online that wants to give your life to, faith in, 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 to Jesus Christ and in faith step out and come to him today is a day of your salvation, that you can come, repent of your sins, invite Jesus to come into your life by the power of the Spirit, and start a new life in Him. And if that's you, you can pray that, and our Heavenly Father will heal you, will, will not only heal you, He will hear you and transform you. So Lord Jesus, thank you for what is taking place, and we ask, we ask God that you would touch our land and heal our land. Thank you, Jesus. And you're awesome. In mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd like to remind you to visit our website, newhope365.church. That's New Hope the numbers 365.church for all the information about our new in-person services and to keep up with all the latest news about what's happening here at New Hope 365.